Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. This week is Parasha 36, which begins with Numbers 8-1 through 12-16. You'll find that on page 157 of your complete Jewish Bible. Father God, please help us to read <clears throat> our reading uh, so that other people can understand why we actually read this. Thank you. Adonai said to Moses, tell Aaron, when you set up the lamps, the seven lamps are to cast their light forward in front of the menorah. Aaron did this. He, hit, he lit the lamps so as to give light in front of the menorah, as Adonai had ordered Moses. Here's the menorah. Here is how the menorah was made. It was hammered gold from its base to its flowers, hammered work following the pattern Adonai had shown Moses. This is how he made the menorah. Adonai said to Moses, take the Levites from among the people of Israel and cleanse them. Here's how you are to cleanse them. Sprinkle the purification water on them, have them shave their whole body with a razor, and have them wash their clothes and cleanse themselves. <clears throat> then they are to take a young bull with its grain offering, which is to be fine flour mixed with olive oil, while you take another bull for a sin offering. You are to present the Levites in front of the tent of meeting and assemble the entire community of the people of Israel. You will present the Levites before Adonai. The people of Israel lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron will offer the Levites before Adonai as a wave offering from the people of Israel, so that they may do Adonai's service. The Levites will lay their hands on the heads of the bulls. The one you will offer is a sin offering. The other is a burnt offering to Adonai to make atonement for the Levite. You are to place the Levite before Aaron and his sons and offer them as a wave offering to Adonai. In this way, you will separate the Levite from the people of Israel, and the Levite will belong to me. After that, the Levite will enter and do the service for the tent of meeting. You will cleanse them and offer them as a wave offering, because they are entirely <clears throat> given to me from among the people of Israel. I have taken them for myself in place of all those who come first out of the womb, that is, the firstborn males of the people of Israel. For all the firstborn among the people of Israel are mine, both humans and animals. On the day I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I set them apart for myself. But I have taken the Levi in place of all the firstborn among the people of Israel. And I have given the Levi to Aaron and his sons from among the people of Israel to do the service of the people of Israel in the tent of meeting and to make atonement for the people of Israel so that no plague will fall on the people of Israel 
in consequence of their coming too close to the sanctuary. This is what Moses, Aaron, and all the community of Israel did to the Levite. People of Israel acted in accordance with everything that Adonai had ordered Moses in regard to the Levites. The Levites purified themselves and washed their clothes. Then Aaron offered them as a holy gift before Adonai and made atonement for them in order to cleanse them. After that, the Levites came to do their service in the tent of meeting in front of Aaron and his sons. They acted in accordance with what Adonai's orders to Moses in regard to the Levites. Adonai said to Moses, Here are instructions concerning the Levites. When they reach the age of 25, they are to begin performing their duties serving in the tent of meeting. And when they reach the age of 50, they are to stop performing this work and not serve any longer. They will assist their brothers who are performing their duties in the tent of meeting. But they themselves will not do any of the work. This is what you are to do with Levi in regard to their duties. Adonai spoke to Moses in the Sinai Desert in the first month of the second year after they had left the land of Egypt. He said, let the people of Israel observe Passover at its designated time. On the fourteenth day of the month, at dusk, you are to observe it at its designated time. You are to observe it according to all its regulations and rules. Moses told the people of Israel to observe Passover. So they observed Passover at dusk on the fourteenth day of the month in the Sinai Desert. The people of Israel acted in accordance with what all that Adonai had ordered Moses. But there were certain people who had become unclean because of someone's corpse, so that they could not observe Pesach on that day. So they came before Moses and Aaron that day and said to him, We are unclean because of someone's corpse. But why must we be kept from bringing the offering for Adonai at the designated time for the people of Israel. And Moses answered them, Wait, so I can hear what Adonai will order concerning you. And Adonai said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel, If any of you now or in the future generations is unclean because of a corpse, or because he is on a trip abroad, nevertheless he is to observe Pesach, but he will observe it in the second month of the fourteenth day at dusk. They are to eat it with matzah and marah. They are to leave none of it until morning, and they are not to break any of its bones. They are to observe it according to all the regulations of Pesach. But the person who is clean and not on a trip, who fails to observe Pesach, will be cut off from his people because they because he did not bring the offering for Adonai at his designated time, that person will bear the consequences of his sin. If a foreigner is staying with you and wants to observe Pesach for Adonai, he is to do it according to the regulations and rules of Pesach. You are to have the same law for the foreigner as for the citizen of the land. <clears throat> On the day the tabernacle was put up, the cloud covered the tabernacle. 
that is, the tent of the testimony. And in the evening, over the tabernacle, was what appeared to be fire, which remained until morning. So the cloud always covered it. It looked like fire at night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tent, the people of Israel continued their travels, and they camped wherever the cloud stopped. At the order of Adonai, the people of Israel traveled. At the order of Adonai, they camped, and as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they stayed in camp. Even when the cloud remained on the tabernacle for a long time, the people of Israel did what Adonai had charged them to do and did not travel. Sometimes the cloud was a few days over the tabernacle. According to Adonai's order, they remained in camp, and according to Adonai's order, they traveled. Sometimes the cloud was there only from evening until morning, so that when the cloud was taken up in the morning, they traveled. Or even if it continued up both day and night when the cloud was up, they traveled. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained over the tabernacle, staying on it. The people of Israel remained in camp and did not travel. But as soon as it was taken up, they traveled. At Adonai's order, they camped, and at Adonai's order, they traveled. They did what Adonai had charged them to do through Moses. Adonai said to Moses, Make two trumpets. Make them of hammered silver. Use them for summoning the community and for sounding the call to break camp and move on. When they are sounded, the entire community is to assemble before you at the entrance to the tent of meeting. If only one is sounded, then just the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, are to assemble before you. When you sound an alarm, the camps to the east will commence traveling. When you sound a second alarm, the camps of the south will set out. They will sound alarms to announce when to travel. However, when the community is to be assembled, you are to sound, but don't sound an alarm. It will be the sons of Aaron the Cohen who are to sound the trumpets. This will be a permanent regulation for you through all your generations. When you go to war in your land against the adversary who is oppressing you, You are to sound an alarm with the trumpets. Then you will be remembered before Adonai your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Also on your days of rejoicing, at your designated times, and on Rosh Hodesh, you are to sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. These will be your reminder before your God. I am Adonai, your God. On the 20th day of the second month of the second year, the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle of the testimony, and the people of Israel moved out in stages from the Sinai desert. The cloud stopped in the Paran desert. So they set out on their first journey, keeping with Adonai's order through Moses. In the lead was the banner of the camp of the descendants of Judah, whose companies moved forward over his company. Over his company was Nashon, the son of Medidab. Over the company of the tribe of the descendants of Issachar was Nathaniel, the son of Tezor. 
over the company of the descendants of Zebulun was Elahab, the son of Helion. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the descendants of Gershon and the descendants of Maari set out, carrying the tabernacle. Next, the banner of the camp of Reuben moved forward by companies. Over his company was Elitzer, the son of Shedahur. Over the company of the tribe of the descendants of Simon was Shemuliel, the son of Shaddai. Over the company of the descendants of Gad was Elasaph, the son of Deuel. Then the descendants of Karat set out, carrying the sanctuary, so that at the next camp the tabernacle could be set up before they arrived. The banner of the camp of the descendants of Ephraim moved forward by companies. Over his company was Elishama, the son of Amihud. Over the company of the tribe of the descendants of Manasseh was Gamaliel, the son of Padachor. Over the company of the descendants of Benjamin was Abidan, the son of Gedoni. The banner of the camp of the descendants of Dan, forming the rear guard for all the camps, moved forward by companies. Over his company was the Shezer, the son of Amishadai. Over the company of the tribe of the descendants of Asher was Pegliel, the son of Okran. Over the company of the descendants of Naphtali was Ashira, the son of Enan. This is how the people of Israel traveled by company. Thus they moved forward. Moses said to Hobab, the son of Reuel at Midian, Moses' father-in-law, We are traveling to the place about which Adonai said, I will give it to you. Come with us, and we will treat you well, because Adonai has promised good things to Israel. But he replied, I will not go. I would rather go back to my own country and my own kinsmen. Moses continued, Please don't leave us because you know that we have to camp in the desert, and you can serve as our eyes. If you do go with us, then whatever good Adonai does for us, he will do the same for you. So they set out from Adonai's mountain and traveled for three days. Ahead of them on the three-day journey went the Ark of Adonai's Covenant, searching for a new place to stop. The cloud of Adonai was over them during the day as they set out from the camp. When the ark moved forward, Moses said, Arise, Adonai, may your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. When it stopped, he said, Return, Adonai, of the many, many thousands of Israel. But the people began complaining about their hardships to Adonai. When Adonai heard it, his, thing, his anger flared up, so that fire from Adonai broke out against them and consumed the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried to Moses. Moses prayed to Adonai, and the fire abated. That place was called Tibera, burning, because Adonai's fire broke out against them. Next, the mixed crowd that was with them grew greedy for an easier life, while the people of Israel, for their part, also renewed their weeping and said, If only we had meat to eat. 
We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt. It cost us nothing. And the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. But now we're withering away. We have nothing to look at but this manna. The manna, by the way, was like coriander seed and white like gum resin. The people would go around gathering it and would grind it up in mills or pound it to paste with mortar and pestle. Then they would cook it in pots and make it into loaves that tasted like cakes baked with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp during the night, the manna came with it. Moses heard the people crying, family after family, each person at the entrance of his tent. The anger of Adonai flared up violently, and Moses, too, was displeased. Moses asked Adonai, Why are you treating your servants so badly? Why haven't I found favor in your sight, so that you put the burden of this entire people on me? Did I conceive this people? Was I their father? So that you tell me, carry them in your arms, like a nurse carrying a baby to the land you swore to their ancestors, where I am going to get my meat to give to these entire people, because they keep bothering me when they're crying and saying, give us meat to eat. I can't carry this entire people by myself alone. It's too much for me. If you are going to treat me this way, then just kill me outright, please. If you have any mercy toward me, and don't let me go on being this miserable. Adonai said to Moses, Bring me seventy of the leaders of Israel, people you recognize as leaders of the people and officers of theirs. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the spirit which rests on you and put it on them. Then they will carry the burden of the people along with you so that you won't carry it yourself alone. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you will eat meat because you cried in the ears of Adonai. If only we had meat to eat. We had the good life in Egypt, all right. Adonai is going to give you meat and you will eat it. You won't eat it just one day or two days or five or ten or twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nose and you hate it because you have rejected Adonai, who is here with you and distressed him with your crying and asking, why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, here I am with 600,000 men on foot. And yet you say, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. If whole flocks and herds were slaughtered for them, would it be enough? If all the fish in the sea were collected for them, would that even be enough? Adonai answered Moses, Has Adonai's arm grown short? Now you will see whether what I said will happen or not. Moses went out and told the people what Adonai had said. Then he collected 70 of the leaders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Adonai came down in the cloud, spoke to him, 
took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 leaders. When the spirit came to rest on them, they prophesied then, but not afterwards. There were two men who stayed in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad, and the spirit came to rest on them. They were among those listed to go out to the tent, but they hadn't done so, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, who from his youth up had been Moses' assistant, answered, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you so zealous to protect me? I wish all of Adonai's people were prophets. I wish Adonai would put his spirit on all of them. Moses and the leaders of Israel went back into the camp, and Adonai set out a wind which brought quails from across the sea and let them fall near the camp about a day's trip away on each side of the camp and all around, all around it, covering the ground to the depth of three feet. The people stayed up all day all night and all the next day gathering the quails. The people gathering the least collected ten. The meat was still ten heaps, excuse me. The person gathering the least collected ten heaps. Then they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. But while the meat was still in their mouth, before they had chewed it up, the anger of Adonai flared up against the people, and Adonai struck the people with a terrible plague. Therefore, the place was called Kiriwahaka, Graves of Greed, because there they buried the people who were so greedy. From Kiriwahaka, the people traveled to Hatserat, and they stayed at Hatserat. Miriam and Aaron began criticizing Moses on account of the Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had, in fact, married an Ethiopian woman. They said, Is it true that Adonai has spoken only with Moses? Hasn't he spoken with us too? Adonai heard them. Now this man Moses was very humble more so than anyone on earth. Suddenly Adonai told Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. The three of them went out. Adonai came down on a column of cloud and stood at the entrance to the tent. He summoned Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. He said, listen to what I say. When there is a prophet among you, I, Adonai, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. But it isn't that way with my servant Moses. He is the only one who is faithful in my entire household. With him I speak face to face and clearly, not in riddles. He sees the image of Adonai. So why weren't you afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The anger of Adonai flared up against them, and he left. But when the cloud was removed from above the tent, Miriam had leprosy, as white as snow. Aaron looked at Miriam, and she was as white as snow. 
Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, please don't punish us for this sin we committed so foolishly. Please don't let her be like a stillborn baby with its body half eaten away when it comes out of its mother's womb. Moses cried to Adonai, Oh God, I beg you, please heal her. Adonai answered Moses, If her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she hide herself in shame for seven days? So let her be shut out of the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back in. And Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days, and the people did not travel until she was brought back in. Afterward, the people went on from Hatzerat and camp in the Paran Desert. And we have Zechariah 2, 10 through 4, 7. You find that on page 774. Zechariah 2, 10. Sing, daughter of Zion, rejoice. For here I am coming, and I will live among you, says Adonai. When that time comes, many nations will join themselves to Adonai. They will be my people, and I will live among you. Then you will know that it was Adonai Zavaot who sent me to you. Adonai will take possession of Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and he will again make Jerusalem his choice. Be silent, all humanity, before Adonai, for he has been roused from his holy dwelling. He showed me Joshua, the Kohen Hagadol, standing before the angel of Adonai with the accuser, Satan, standing at his right to accuse him. Adonai said to the accuser, May Adonai rebuke you, accuser. Indeed, may Adonai, who has made Jerusalem his choice, rebuke you. Isn't this man a burning stick, stick snatched from the fire? Joshua was clothed in garments covered with dung, and he was standing before the angel, who said to those standing in front of him, Take those filthy garments off of him. Then to him he said, See, I'm taking your guilt away. I will clothe you in fine robes. I said, They should put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and gave him fine robes to wear, while the angel of Adonai stood by. Then the angel of Adonai gave Joshua this warning. Adonai Tazavo says this, If you will walk in my ways, obey my commission, judge my house, and guard my courtyards, then I will give you free access among these who are standing here. Listen, Cohen Agadol Joshua, both you and your colleagues seated here before you, because these men are a sign that I am going to bring my servant like a sprout. For look at the stone I have put in front of Joshua. On the stone are seven eyes. I will engrave what is to be written on it, says Adonai Zavao. I will remove the guilt of this land one day. When that time comes, says Adonai Zavao, 
you will all invite each other to join under your vines and fig trees. Then the angel that had been speaking with me returned and roused me, as if he were waking someone up from being asleep, and asked me, What do you see? I answered, I've been looking at a menorah. It's all of gold, with a bowl at its top, seven lamps on it, and seven tubes leading to the lamps at its top. Next to it are two olive trees, one on the right side of the bowl and the other on its left. I then asked the angel, speaking with me, What are these, my lord? The angel, speaking with me, said, Don't you know what these are? I said, No, my lord. Then he answered me, This is the word of Adonai to <clears throat> Jerabel, Not by force and not by power, but by my spirit, says Adonai Zavaot. What are you, you big mountain? Before... Jerubal, you will become a plain, and he will put the capstone in place as everyone shouts, it's beautiful, beautiful. And then we have Matthew 14, 14 through 21. You find that on page 1242. Is it 14, 1? 14. 14 through 21. Oh, okay. 14, 14. So when, the, when he came ashore, he saw a huge crowd, and filled with compassion for them, he healed those of them who were sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go and buy food for themselves in the villages. But Yeshua replied, They don't need to go away. Give them something to eat yourself. All we have with us, they said, is five loaves of bread and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. After instructing the crowds to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the, five, and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, made a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, who gave them to the crowds. They all ate as much as they wanted, and they took up twelve baskets full of the pieces left over. Those eating numbered about five thousand men, plus women and children. And then we have 1 Corinthians 10, 6-13. Find that on page 1431. 1 Corinthians 10, 6. Now these things took place as a prefigurative historical events. Let me repeat that. Now these things took place as prefigurative historical events, warning us not to set our hearts on evil things as they did. Don't be idolaters, as some of them were, as the Tanakh puts it, the people sat down to eat and drink, then got up to indulge in reverie. And let us not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, with the consequence that 23,000 died in a single day. And let us not 
put the Messiah to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by snakes. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the avenging, by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as a prefigurative historical event, and they were written down as a warning to us who are living in the end times. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he's standing up be careful not to fall. No temptation has seized you beyond what people normally experience, and God can be trusted not to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. On the contrary, Along with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you will be able to endure. And then we have Revelations 11, 1 through 19. Find that on page 1542. Revelations 11, 1. Revelations 11, 1. I was given a measuring rod like a stick and told, get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and count how many people are worshiping there. But the court outside the temple, leave that out. Don't measure it because it has been given to the goyim and they will trample over the holy city for 42 months. Also, I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1260 days, dressed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two menorahs standing before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to do them harm, fire comes out of their mouth and consumes their enemies. Yes, if anyone tries to harm them, that is how he must die. They have the authority to shut up the sky so that no rain falls during the period of their prophesying. Also, they have the authority to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. When they finish their witnessing, the beast coming up out of the abyss will fight against them, overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the main street of the great city whose name to reflect its ritual condition is Sodom and Egypt, the city where their Lord was executed on a stake. Some from the nations, tribes, languages, and peoples see their bodies for three and a half days and do not permit the corpses to be placed in the tomb. The people living in the land rejoice over them. They celebrate and each and send each other gifts because these two prophets tormented them so. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them. They stood up on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then the two heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up into heaven in a cloud, while their enemies watched them. In that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were awestruck and gave glory to God of heaven. The second woe has passed. 
See, the third woe is coming quickly. The seventh angel sounded his shofar, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and he will rule forever and ever. The twenty-four elders, sitting on their thrones in God's presence, fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We thank you, Adonai, God of heaven's armies, the one who is and was, that you have taken your power and have begun to rule. The goyim raged, but now your age has come. The time for the dead can be judged. The time for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your holy people. Those who stand in awe of your name, both small and great. It is also the time for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened. And the Ark of the Covenant was seen in its temple. And there were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and violent hail. Thank you, Father God. We certainly have experienced a lot of thunder and lightning in our area, along with rain. Let us reflect on what we read this morning and let us think about it. Yes, the time is coming. We pray that you will be with us and that you will protect us and that you will guide us. In the name of Yeshua, we humble ourselves before you. Amen. Amen.